Hi, this is Craig Tucker, Director of the Office of Supportive Services, home of the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program and TRIO Student Support Services at Syracuse University. The National First Gen College Celebration takes place every year on November 8th. This year's Syracuse University Celebration was sponsored by the Kessler Scholars Program, HUP, TRIO SSS, New Student and Family Programs, and Syracuse University Libraries. To celebrate First Gen Day, Syracuse University invited Dr. Eve Hudson to campus. Dr. Eve is an educator turned founder and president of Evangeline Worldwide, a leading social entity inspiring, empowering, and uplifting first-generation scholars and professionals across the globe. Prior to her talk at Watson Hall, Dr. Eve took time out of her busy schedule to meet with three first-gen students to talk about their first-gen experience. At the table were Samantha from the Kessler Scholar Program, Isabella and Brianna from TRIO Student Support Services, and the OSS Associate Director, Amy Measursmith. Take a listen. Hi, everybody. This is Amy Messersmith. I'm one of the associate directors for the Office of Supportive Services, which houses two opportunity programs here at Syracuse University, um, the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program for New York State residents and TRIO Student Support Services, which is a federally funded TRIO program. And we've got a table full of awesome people. And so I'm going to ask you guys to go around and introduce yourselves, the students, and then I'm going to introduce our special, special guest. <laughs> Okay. Um, hi, I'm Samantha. I'm from Los Angeles. I am currently a sophomore and I am double majoring in forensic science and sociology with a minor in Spanish. And I'm part of Kessler. Hi, my name is Isabella Moraneras. I'm a freshman here at Syracuse. Um, my major is aerospace engineering. I'm part of SSS and I'm from New York City. Hello, my name is Brianna. I major in social work. I'm from Harlem, New York, and I'm in SSS. And we have an amazing special guest today is uh, First Gen Celebration nationwide. It's November 8th. We're recording this on November 8th, 2022. And the campus got together and wanted to bring somebody that would inspire us and motivate us. And so we are super excited to have Dr. Eve here with us. And so, Dr. Eve. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, in spite of the many flights that we've been on today, <laughs> but you all have been with me in spirit, but I'm definitely excited. So Dr. Eve Hudson, I'm a native of Charlotte, North Carolina, very proud native of Charlotte, North Carolina, um, not Gastonia, Concord, Charlotte. <laughs> just like you said, from New York, you just got to know. Harlem, you got to yeah. know. Okay, LA, you just yeah. got to know because it's a pride in being where you're from, right? Yeah. Um, I went to undergrad at Shaw University where I studied mass communications and thought that I would be a radio host. That was the goal. But that didn't work out for me. So I ended up going into education um, and I have a podcast of my own, The First Gen Lounge, which essentially is letting me scratch that itch to still have my own show. So I'm able to bring in music and guests and have great conversations and just really love the work that I'm doing. Um, In addition to the podcast, I also have um, the first ever First Gen store called The First Gen Shop, um, where we have already, you know, had sales across the world, which is really fun, just representing what it means to be first generation as well as First Generation University. So I have three brands, so I'm pretty busy most days, right? And First Generation University is where I do most of my keynotes and programming to just really go out and to inspire others who are first generation um, professionals and students alike to just say, hey, I'm here, be it that I'm in school or I'm in the workplace um, and I belong. So even like today, right, you matter, you belong. And just being able to say like, I was able to figure it out, at least some part of it, right? 
and I want to help y'all now. And when I figure out the next part, I'll help you with that too. So I <laughs> um, never thought that I would be an entrepreneur, but here I am and I love it. Um, I've been on this journey for about seven years now and I would not change anything about it. Um, I just miss my puppy right now. So that's probably <laughs> the only thing, you know, just missing the dog when I'm out of town, but he'll be there tomorrow when I get back. But really it's, um, it's a joy to be first gen and to be able to see the world in a way that wasn't presented to me as a child. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, I hope to be able to continue to inspire you all to to live and dream and never like put the boundaries on yourself because the world already does it to you. Yeah. Being of the older-ish generation on campus, I'm kind of interested in comparing first-gen experiences and what you guys are going through now mm-hmm. versus what it was like, you know, for my generation. I'm, I'm not first-gen, but I remember college and I wonder in terms of like what has changed and what is the same. That's good. Oh, that's really good. I didn't know I was first gen. <laughs> so I went through an entire four year you know, experience just not knowing, but I'd gone to an HBCU and many of us at HBCUs are first generation. So there's almost like this common understanding of this common culture. Um, most people work and most people are helping take care of families and most people are the first to go and we don't really know that that means something um, until I went to like grad school and I was reading, you know, theory book. And I was like, wait a minute, this, what is this population again? This is me. <laughs> I was I got through whole four years and didn't know, but I would say for me, um, I wish I would have known because I think my experience is shaped differently than you all's would be mm-hmm. because you are aware that you're a first gen. I knew I was the first to go to college, big deal, but I didn't know that the hardships that came with that. Um, meant something like not everybody was going through what I was going through. For me, it's harder because it's like there's a lot of people like their parents went to college and their grandparents went to college. And so they know like the process and what they have to do and all like the little intricacies that come with being at college. But no one in my family knows those things. So I have to like teach myself and teach them and Mm -hmm. like like my, I, well, my mother is a single mother. So it's just me and my mom, really. For sure. And then my three siblings. So it's like, it's just the four of us, really. So I had to like, we had to kind of navigate me and my mother, like ourselves and like find out what we're doing or mm-hmm. how we're going to do this because, you know, neither of us really know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's harder because, you know, I had to like kind of, we had to like help each other basically without, and I'm not getting like the support, I feel like. Like, no offense to my mom because my mother is great and she's been supporting me every step of the way. But, like, but like it's harder because I feel like other people kind of get that, like, passed down knowledge. Yeah. Whereas me, it's, like, discovering it every step of the way sure. with my mother. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you mean because, like, my parents, um, they had me really young. They were both 19. So they were just fresh out of high school and my mom tried to go to like a community college but it just didn't work out because of work and obviously taking care of newborn um so growing up like it was that same thing where I kind of was told like you're first gen um Mm -hmm. or kind of just I guess I would always get like nominated for certain things that I never really knew um and they would just be like oh it's because you know you're first gen or you know like you are the first in your family to go to high school and like stuff like that um so I never really like addressed it until like I think junior year of high school Mm -hmm. and when obviously the counselors were addressing like colleges and like important things they were like you can get like scholarships or things like that or programs um for being a first gen and I was just like oh wow like I never really 
I guess it never really stuck with me until like towards the end of like that college application. Mm -hmm. And eventually my dad was like, yeah, like we're learning college through you. Mm -hmm. And it was a very interesting um, like eye opener, I guess, where it was just like, I'm the first to go to college in my family, but also out of state. So it was very, I guess, very um, like trippy, I guess. (laughs) But also it felt, I guess, nice because it felt like I kind of like accomplished something and I'm also not only doing it for myself, but also for my family. Hmm. So it was it was a good experience so far. <laughs> Can I just interject that she says that she's going to college out of state. It's like she, she's from California. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's in Syracuse, New York. Yeah. So that's like yeah. way out of state. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, why did you come here? And I'm like, um… I like the school, so yeah. like, why not? So it's it's been a good like year so far. I'm a sophomore, so it's been interesting of like learning the weather and like how everyone's from New York and just like I guess experiencing that that shift of diversity from you know LA to you know the East Coast. So it's um, it's interesting, and I enjoy it so far. I've met a lot of cool people, and I continue to meet a lot of cool people. So yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I actually. Not like I didn't pay them on, but it wasn't acknowledged until I got here my first year of college. I already knew my dad didn't go to, well, my dad's a single dad, raised me myself, um, well, raising himself. (laughs) I didn't really know much about it. I don't know. They didn't really mention it in my high school because their goal was to make sure everyone applied for college Hmm. in my high school, whether it was advisors, teachers, counselors. They made sure everyone applied in state, out of state, you know, community or not. So it wasn't big or really acknowledged, but also... I did have an aunt that went to college, and I do know other people, you know, that was older than me that did go to college as well, and my cousins. But for me and my immediate family, it really was only just me. So it's a big deal, but then also I feel like it does hinder part of, like, you know, also your family understanding your relationship between school and then also not really having time to rest. Like, it's just always, there's really no time to really rest at all. At least, not even just being a first gen, but a college student in general. Sure. And as y'all were talking, I was thinking about something when you talked about the generations. I didn't have social media back then. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not aging myself. It came around. Yeah. It came around. But back then, <laughs> Facebook was, was hot, okay? At you know, the same time. So, <laughs> And so to think about keeping in touch, right, with family and the decision, like, what school to go to, mm-hmm. it wasn't shaped by, like, something I saw on social media or an influence or anything. It was, like, pure culture of the campus. Yeah. So having to take those traditional, you know, campus visits and— you see it when you get there. Mm-hmm. I think this day and age, of course, again, with social media influence, you get to see so many things in so many different ways. And so what if your favorite celebrity who plays basketball went to a certain school? Now you want to go there. Um, but back then, it's kind of like you'd find out after you were out of school, you know, like, oh, it was too late. I could have gone to that school. So I think that's been what's really cool that it was truly the culture and me going to the campuses. And I mean, I took trains to go visit. Because um, back then, what was a flight? <laughs> I didn't know what an airport or a plane was. So yeah. imagine what I could have done. It was like yeah. Greyhound, train, and drive. Because you can't even think about affording a flight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we never talked about taking flight to my family. So yeah. thinking about where I maybe could have gone to school if I had more resources or had a, a different idea about mm-hmm. where to go to school. And I remember thinking a lot about HBCUs because I had um, teachers in high school who were very adamant about their black school black students going to black schools. Not that they didn't think, you know, UNC or Chapel Hill weren't great schools, but North Carolina has most, is a state that at the time had the most HBCUs, so it was a pride for us. So it's not uncommon for us to want to go to HBCUs. But I remember Fisk coming up in Tennessee, 
And I was like, I can't get there. <laughs> I can't take, what train do I take to get there? And so um, even with me going to Shaw to go visit a campus counselor, they really hooked your girl up. Like they really did. I took the train. They came to pick me up. They housed me overnight. They gave me a milk cart to feed me that night and the next day. Um, I had gone doing an award ceremony. So it was just a, a, a culture that I was like, oh man, I really feel like home here. But had it been, like I said, an Instagram or a TikTok or something, what else would I have considered? So that's really different. Um, staying in touch with family. So I was working. Um, what was a cell phone? I don't think y'all know anything about Snake. No. Nope. See, look, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm fine like a wine. I'm fine like a wine. I only know a beeper. <laughs> beeper. I had a beeper back in the day. It's one of her shots. I got a beeper. But I would definitely say just cell phones. And <laughs> I'm dating myself again. We had minutes back then, right? Oh, yeah. 5,000 nights and weekends. Like, so you can do whatever you wanted to do on the weekend um, and night. But it's just... Calling home was writing letters back then. So it wasn't a social media, you know, post or a quick story and everybody knows you're okay. So now we use these things to check in. Mm-hmm. Even my mom, sometimes she'll send me stuff on Instagram. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but it's like, I love it at the same time because she tries to engage. Um, my grandma, a few years ago, was texting. And so even like, think about it, I could never text my grandma yeah. back then. But now it's like texting granny. So yeah. it's like, who are you texting? Texting my grandma, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, the things that I see different. And even, like you said, keeping the connection with family that makes it easier mm-hmm. to go away and to experience college in a different way. Whereas before, if I wasn't paying the cell phone bill, then nobody was going to phone call. <laughs> you know, as I'm borrowing somebody else's yeah. phone. Or like I didn't have a car until like later in my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I got a car, right? That's not everybody's experience, but it didn't mean I was able to go home all the time because I had to work mm-hmm. and I took summers to do internships. So it's just interesting because y'all get to do virtual internships and yeah. stuff now. I wish I had a remote opportunity yeah. back then, but now I'm like, my business is pretty much remote yeah. anyway, so I'm making up for it now. Yeah. But I think also because because of COVID, like everything yeah. has shifted. Yeah. Everything's more virtual and it's, it's weird because yeah. I'm more of like an interactive person. Um but, yeah, like, the connection, like, everything's on Zoom or, mm-hmm. like, on WhatsApp or FaceTime or messages. Um, and sometimes, like, I think freshman year, I was, like, telling my mom, I was, like, why don't you send me a letter? I'm, like, I want to experience that. Yeah. So she sent me one. Um, and I was, like, I thought that was, like, this is so cool. And that was her jam because she knew yeah. what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so she sent me a letter and, like, she would always be, like, did you get it? And I'm, like, no. I'm, like, I haven't. And then, like, probably two, three days later, like, I would get it. And then I sent one back. And I was just, like, this is, mm-hmm. like, even though, like, it was new, it just was, like, very nice mm-hmm. to, like, have still that connection even though it was, like, off, like, my phone. Um, but, yeah, it's always about, like, keeping connection, especially being so far away and experiencing college on your own. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're kind of, like, what do I do? For sure. Um, so I think keeping in contact with your family and just, like, telling them, like, asking for advice or just, like, asking, like, what should I do or telling them how your day was. It's just, like, it's nice to know that, like, even though they're not there with you, like, they're still in touch, like, a call away or something. Do you so get cards? Nice. Do you get cards, birthday cards and stuff? Regular, no. like, the regular kind, not virtual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I got birthday cards, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day cards that I still have, yeah. right? No, not <laughs> so. So that's different. So like my grandmother, um, and my aunt, and my mom like cards, and it's like that's why I love greeting cards still mm-hmm. because they're very nostalgic for me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like the, like the communication, the text is really cool and really mm-hmm. quick, but a card is like you took the time to sign this, to write the address mm-hmm. on it, to put a stamp on it, and mail it, and it's like. Now I'll send you a virtual greeting card, but I'm like, there's nothing like that paper card because you're like, you really thought about me. 
And then I love them because they always had money in them. So <laughs> <laughs> give me a little check. My, my mom did that. She was like, oh, like there's a surprise. Like I sent you money. I yeah. opened it. It was empty. I was like, <laughs> are you serious? Um, so yeah, it's just like the connection. And I still keep the cards. Yeah. I, it's very sentimental, um, especially because you can look back at them and you'll be like, oh, this was like when I was in college. And like I opened it. So, yeah, because yeah, you may not have those text messages, you yeah. know. You may not have um, like the letter. That mm-hmm. letter is just to hold it. And so you'll have your mom with you, right? Yeah. In some kind of way, like in one day. So oh, I love this. It's really cool. The connection. So we just hit to connection, yeah. right? <laughs> How are y'all staying connected with your friends um, who may still be at home? Um, you know, my friends, we're pretty okay with it. Like, you know, we understand the fact that we have different lives mm-hmm. at school. And I've known my friend for almost like eight years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been in school with them since middle school. So when we come back home, we always find a way to see each other. It's, it, I'm, no one takes it personal. Hmm. It's that's and right. I think that's why I'm okay with my friends at school because no one takes it personal. We all come back, you know. We're all from the similar same neighborhood. We all meet up in Harlem, go somewhere downtown in New York. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. What about you? For me, it's it's like kind of it's kind of difficult because I went to a boarding school right in high school, so all my friends are not from New York. <laughs> no, almost none of them are from New York. They're all from different places. Like I have a friend that like lives in California and they go to school in New York, but it's like, it's sometimes it's really difficult. Like mm-hmm. my boyfriend like goes to school in Pennsylvania and he lives in Pennsylvania. So it's like, it's harder for me personally. Cause it's like, everything has to be kind of virtual. Like I have to do the FaceTimes and the texts and like all those things. And like the zoom calls, because I can't, really meet up with them in person yeah but I try my best to try to like to like we try our best to like come up with like a mutual meeting spot mm-hmm. or something just so that we can see each other but yeah it's pretty hard for me personally just because of that like all my connections are so like dispersed because of my high school experience so sure. yeah can y'all I, believe we had no Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was okay with Blockbuster. I used to go to the Blockbuster. I love Blockbuster. Yeah, I was like, I'm just thinking, like, why well, Netflix? Like, we had to be entertained, like, going to the movies or yeah. going to the student center and watching what was ever on TV there and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, thinking no, about yeah. that. I was going to say, like, there's pros and cons to it. I think, yeah. um, especially for me, coming from the, you know, West Coast to the East Coast, it was hard because, obviously, they have— like how you guys were saying, like they have their own lives and they have like their things to do. Um, but then sometimes it, it just depends on the school that they go to too. Cause it's like, if I don't know if their school is like quarter system or semester mm, system. So it was true. like, I'll text my friends and I'll be like, Hey, like, like recently, like I'm going home for Thanksgiving. And they're like, Oh, like I only have like two, three days or like a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So then I'll try to like work around it. Um, and it's also hard. Cause it's like, a lot of people from, obviously, the East Coast, they have friends that are from New York. So, mm-hmm. like, they already know and they have, like, that access. And then it's, like, for me, I kind of have to, like, con- like I guess, be social and kind of, I guess, like, find different branches to, like, reach out and be like, hey, like, you know, go to clubs or go to, like, events and stuff to make friends. Um, but it's still cool to see, like, the diversity of, like, how, you know, my life here in New York is and then my life at home. It's so different. But it's mm-hmm. still cool because, like, you have something to talk about mm-hmm. um, and you have a conversation and then you kind of, like, compare your experiences to theirs. And it's always, like, fun. Like, you can just joke around and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I did this last weekend. And they're like, oh, like, I was at home. Like, <laughs> it's like that, you know, that type of, like, different events in your life that happen. I love yeah. that. What are y'all getting to know about yourselves right now? Mm-hmm. I like being alone. I think 
<laughs> being <laughs> yeah. Old, yeah? Okay. yeah. Um, I think, well, also for me, obviously being a first gen and being the oldest in my family, like, my parents kind of, like, let me do my own thing. Yeah. Um, so then, kind of, like, going to college, it was kind of like, they would always say, like, you're going to be an adult now. Um, and I kind of… I'm starting to learn that. And I think especially a lot of people will tell me like when you go to college, like this is where you find yourself. Like this is where you find what you like to do, what you don't, and your your friends obviously. Um, and especially living in like an apartment on South Campus, like it just kind of is, I guess, preparing me for the ideal expectation of like how it's like to be an adult. And I enjoy it. It's not bad. Like I get to know like if I want to have a roommate after college or not or like if I want to stay here or go back home um so it's a lot of things like all into one but I think overall like it's learning how to enjoy like my alone time and my alone space and just like I guess manage that um and be sociable at the same time yeah I got it yeah I totally agree I feel like I'm starting to learn that I like the time to myself more than I kind of like being or, like, interacting with, like, other people. So, like, not to be, like, you know, like, ew, I don't like people. Like, I love people. <laughs> like, I love talking to people. And, like, whenever I'm in a social situation, I'll I'll be talking to someone and it'll be nice. But, like, when I'm at home, I want to be at home. Like, if I had the choice and someone was like, let's go party. And I had the choice to, like, stay and eat food and watch TV. I'm going to stay and eat food and watch TV because I, like… She eats food. Spending time. Yeah. Eat yeah. food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't say anything, but oh, we love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like a snack. Like, I'm not going to have steak. But, like, I'm going <laughs> to… <eat food. laughs> I promise cool. I'm eating. I promise yeah. I'm eating. We guys. know. It's cool. We love it. But, yeah. So, I rather just, like… I, I Like, I know I'm learning how to, like, keep, like, entertain myself while I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so important because I'm not going to be around people all the time. So, it's nice to, like know how to be by myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not like have to be around people all the time. And I'm enjoying being alone sometimes. So yeah. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. So far, I don't think I've learned anything about myself. And I mean, that's okay. I'm not rushing it, but I know like, because I'm used to being alone. Like, it's really just me and my dad, one and only. Mm-hmm. It's like, if he's at work, I'm home alone. Like, I enjoy being alone. Mm-hmm. And I've under, I've come to the conclusion that I can't live with anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I live with my dad, I said I can't live with anyone else. I just need my own space. But besides that, I don't—I wouldn't necessarily say I know. Like, I'm okay with still trying to figure it out. But yeah. I'm not looking for it right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. I can say maybe I'll learn more about myself after I finish college. Like, then I'll know more than what it is. So what's changed about you so far? What do you, I know you've recognized some kind of change. Some. I don't know. I don't know. No, like, genuinely, I don't know. It's okay. No, it's like, really cool. Yeah, because, like, I've had, like, a like a reliving moment before I entered college. Mm. So, like, I changed before I entered college. Literally, it's like, at the end of high school, I changed. Mm. So I'm not expecting anything to come. So abundantly and clear right now, but I know it will happen slowly as time develop. Mm-hmm. Whether as I also join more organizations sure. or enter new classes as well. So I think that more so goes mm-hmm. about it. But you're very self-aware. I want to give you credit for that. All right. I love that because mm-hmm. but look for the change to know that it's going to happen eventually. Um, like it's great that you all know, and it's great that you know that right now you don't know. So that's self-awareness all around. Um, I think going to college for me did the same, right? Mm-hmm. To become more aware of who I am and what I desired for my life. Because initially I wasn't going to 
Well, I wanted to leave the state and probably even go to Georgia to go to school. And my grandpa was like, nope, <laughs> don't do that. You'll be too far. And I'm like, grandpa, grandpa. So I ended up staying and I'm going back to school three hours away, right? Get on a train. It was easy. But in that, when it was time for me to finish school, I was wide open. So do I want to stay in the state? You know, do I feel comfortable enough now as an adult that I can live outside of the state? Um, what would be appealing about going out of state is anything. It's like, oh, it's culture and it's something different. And to really see if you can live on your own. Um, like I said, do you want a roommate or not? I was cool with one, but I was cool with that one. Yeah. So like it was cool either way. Like yeah. I like saving on the, on the bills, but I like to do what I want to in my house. So yeah. it was kind of like you learn that. And then thinking about being the first, right, um, in college for me being the oldest child, to have my space too, mm-hmm. but it's like now I got my space. So what do I do with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can do whatever I want to yeah. do with it, um, and you know it becomes fun. So I left. You know, when I was out of undergrad, and I went to Mississippi of all places, and people are like, "What Mississippi?" I got a job, and so I had an opportunity. And my first job, I was making more money than my mom was, and I'm like, I got a job, so I like I I did it. So I didn't care where I was going to go. It was about the opportunity, and what I thought was going to be two years turned to about seven. And I was like, how did this happen? But I came back with three degrees and a man, so I wasn't complaining, right? <laughs> Time well spent. But, you know, my journey in Mississippi, I was definitely prepared for it as an undergrad because I learned what time of day I like to study and when I don't or when I like to work or what kind of people I want to be around. Some things just came to me. Other stuff, leadership and, you know, joining organizations and how I wanted to see those things manifest as an adult became really clear once I moved but I had a security because college and being three hours away, when you don't have resources just to get home, makes you feel like, well, I can go here and be the same thing. And my mom was like, that's a long way. And I'm like, I know. And then my grandma was like, you sure about that? And I was like, yep. And my uncle was like, what's going on down there? So I had all these, like, what is happening? I'm like, I got an opportunity, y'all. I'm just going to take it. And it turned out turned out to be a really good thing. And then to just like see the South. So like, I love to be able to travel. So by being in Mississippi, Going to Louisiana, I stayed an hour and a half in New Orleans. So y'all can imagine, I was always in New Orleans, right? Not Mardi Gras all the time. Now. I, I it's not what you think. <laughs> it's what you look like just now. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, New What's Orleans. What's happening down like... there? Yeah, New Orleans. But, I mean, it's, but Bourbon Street, like, it's just one street. Like, there's so much more to New Orleans, right? But it's beautiful. I'm going to Texas and just seeing, like, more of Georgia and Florida and Alabama. Y'all, Alabama has one of the most beautiful beaches I've seen in the States. And you're like, Alabama? Exactly. It's called Orange mm-hmm. Beach. But like, had I not lived down there, I wouldn't have known about it. And so just being able to see different parts of the world. So I was like, I'm just going to keep moving and just seeing everything that's around that state. But I came back this way. So, well, you know, to the east. But it's, it's cool. But I mean, I'm glad that college was a thing that gave me the confidence to know that I could make it on my own mm-hmm. and that I could my family would be OK without me because that was something really scary for me. Right. Mm-hmm. My mom, um, I used to help her. Like, so I worked and helped pay bills. And my first year of school, she lost her car, um, you know, was repossessed and was having some challenges. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm helping, but even having the kids now by herself, my brother and sister who I was helping with was really different. But my mom and my family just, hey, we're fine. We'll figure it out because sometimes you feel like your family can't make it without you. And then you realize that they're making it. So I'm like, well, I can go ahead and go to Mississippi because they'll be all right. <laughs> and I'll come back eventually, right? But it's, um, it's interesting to think because that responsibility and sense of, you know, accountability for family really shifted for me. And then I started thinking about my family one day, like the one I wanted to have and how would I want to raise my children to see the world and where would I want to be in. 
And here we are. I'm in New York right now. Right? <laughs> North Carolina, my, my dog's at daycare and my husband's at work. So it's like something's working, but it's, you know, there's no, no limits. Yeah. And had I not gone to school, I probably wouldn't have known that. And a lot of people who are where I'm from, they haven't really left, right? Mm-hmm. They're still there and that's nothing against them. But it's definitely to say that college opened me up um, to a lot. And even my advisor saying, just go. You can always come home. You can always come home. You can get on a plane. I knew about a plane by then. So, you know, I can get on a plane. I'm like, cool. So just take on the world, y'all. Just take it on. What do you love about being college students? I don't know. I think just being able to learn from my mistakes or Ooh. just being able, like how I said before, of like knowing what is right for me and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like enjoying that idea of whatever decision I make can either, you know, be something I enjoy or something I don't. Hmm. Um, And I think that's what my dad would always tell me. Like, he would always be like, you know, like how you were saying before, like, if it's not right for you, like, you can always come home. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll support you. Like, we'll always be there for you. But also, I think I've learned, I guess, to, I guess, get out of my shell Mm -hmm. and be more social with people. Um, because I was just, like, so scared, like, freshman year when I came in. I was like, everyone's from New York. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, like, everyone has, like, their own little group now. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, it was good. Like, I became friends with a lot of people from New York. So they're always like, you know, if you ever want to come and visit, like, you can come to my house and you can stay. So it's just knowing that, like, I have little little homes in yeah. different areas. Um, yeah, like, I have, like, my friend, she is... Uh, She's from Brazil. Um, so her parents are divorced and one of them is living in Spain and the other is in Brazil. So she's like, honestly, you could always come and visit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes. Same thing, vice versa. Like you can always come to LA and like stay. So it's just like little things like that of like knowing that you're able to figure out your life on your own. Because I think in high school, like they would always be like, what's your five-year plan? Mm. But then you're always like, I don't know. So I think throughout like that time and experience in your life currently presently like you start to like figure out like what you want to do what you like and you're like okay like I have an idea of what I want to do next year or the year after so it's just like little things where you're kind of like picking and choosing like what you want to do so it's just cool to like learn and experience that as I go I love that um I think for me it's like being able like I now feel like I have the space to make mistakes because like you said, in high school, it's always about the five-year plan and what are you going to do after you graduate? And, you know, you have to have an A on every single class and there's nothing you have to be perfect than this, this, and that to go to college. And now that I'm here, it feels more like everyone's like, well, you can change your major. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, everyone changes their major by the time and you could probably get a C in this class and it probably wouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And it's like, it just feels kind of refreshing to like be able to make a mistake and not have it be like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Because I've always felt kind of that pressure to be perfect because I'm like, you know, like first gen, oldest kid of four. So like, I always felt the need to like strive for perfection. And now I don't have to be that. Mm -hmm. So it it feels a lot better for me. So yeah. We're good. I think mine would be moving on my own time. I'm not really big on depending on people. Like, even I know I'm just used to it always being me at the end of the day. So I like, you know, making my own schedule, getting up and leaving. Like, I just be on the go sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that may be a bad thing sometimes because I don't know when the rest of it is like. 
There's no such time as really ever resting as a college student. There's always going to be something on the go. Either you could be sitting there, you could study, or you could be going out there and getting money. Like, yeah. you know, there's always something that I can do. So I'm always, I just like getting up and going. Hmm. I love that too. One thing I caught from all of you, and I don't know if you, if you were listening to it yourselves, um, is how college has actually freed you. Mm-hmm. And so often when we think about being first gen, it's like college becomes the burden, which y'all are saying, no, it's really not. So this is another like qualitative framework. I'm like, ooh, this is good. Wait a minute, because it's colleges now. I can just kind of be like, yeah, there will be things that are happening. But when you think about the environments in which you come, getting to know who you are, moving at your own pace, making mistakes without the pressure of the home life or more than anything, just just being a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, finances may be a thing depending on who you are. You know, yes, it may be gender and it may be race. It may be a lot of things, right? Because the intersections, we just can't get rid of them. But to just be... And I think that a lot of people don't understand that pressure of growing up, you know, before you even go to college, being the oldest, having to help siblings, having to, you know, help with family responsibilities. And I mean, yeah, there's still a worry and all, but just for just this time, you can just be. And I think about it now, like, man, college was like that for me, too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was a time where I could just kind of go and going to go take a nap now. <laughs> I'll see y'all yeah. later. Or. Yes, I have a student organization meeting, or yes, I'm doing SGL. Yes, you know, homecoming is a really big deal at HBCUs, <laughs> if y'all didn't know about it. We're just wrapping up homecoming season in the South. What, what, what? Yeah, what? I mean, like, <laughs> nothing serious, but it sucks here. <laughs> I wish I would have went. You know, like my friend, he goes to George Washington, but he goes to Howard. Homecoming, like, right? Yeah. yeah. You heard about it. And then my cousin goes to North Carolina A&T, and I'm like, man. Oh, no. Oh, say they just had their homecoming, too, last week. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sitting here like, we don't do nothing. <laughs> it's a different yeah. world, but no, but just, you know, what college means and just to have fun. And when you mentioned the part about the friend, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, yeah, because you're right. Like, that was really essential. Our friends, we would get together and, like, bring our resources together to eat. You know, to catch a ride. You need something? I got it. You got it. We all got it. Um, but even just thinking about just being here, like when I was in school, I didn't really worry about home a whole lot. I mean, when I went home and saw home, sometimes that was the worry. But college has let me just escape from that. Yeah. And not that we need to, but you don't think about, again, environment and how like being in college, it can be so nurturing to have like really amazing advisors, right? Or professors who just like you connect with and you hit it off with, or if you join, you know, Greek life, you know, sorority, fraternity, whatever, mm-hmm. to have those sisters or brothers, what that looks like. Um, for me, even like, you know, I'm Greek. I'm a Delta. Y'all know I'm a Delta. So <laughs> just gonna put that out there. Shout out to the sorors. <laughs> for me, like, you know, what that meant for the like the longevity of what my life would look like. So when I moved to Mississippi, the first thing I did was call the Soros on campus. Like, hey, well, actually, I think I Facebooked them, right? <laughs> and I was like, I'm moving to Mississippi. Like, so I'm just, you know, want to let y'all know I'll be down there. Y'all, the first day I was there, they met me and helped me unpack. They didn't even know me, right? Yeah. But it was just this sisterhood that started yeah. in undergrad. And I'm telling you, I just talked to one of them yesterday, right? Yeah. Like, we're always talking and still connected. So through all of my collegiate experience and, you know, grad school experience, it's, it's always been sorority sisters who've always been showing up for me yeah. in different ways. So I think about that one decision in college to join a sisterhood that's still carrying me. Yeah. Um, recommendations, job. I mean, when I opened my store, the first one to say, we buying. <laughs> so I'm like, thank y'all. I love everybody. Now. Oh, but it's college did that. Yeah. So college continues to give me that place to rest mm-hmm. and to just be and that's why I wanted to work in higher education because I did. I skipped that part, didn't I? I worked in higher <laughs> education for quite some time. Um, so I just wanted to work with students, right? Mm-hmm. And just to kind of be able to give others the experience that I had because it was so dynamic. And it's like, and here we are now, yeah. right? 
just sharing in, in a space in a moment because college has done so much for all of us. Mm-hmm. Did we want to talk about the gendered experience? Like, has, has because we're all women sitting at the table, do you think that that has played a role at all? Or is it something that that part of your identity doesn't necessarily come into play when you think about your first-gen experience? I think for me, like, I feel like social media is a really big thing now currently, especially, like, how women are viewed, because I feel like um, a lot of people, or, like, mostly men, um, have, like, so many expectations of what a woman should look like or, like, their preferences. So, like, in high school, I think high school was, like, really big. Like, there was all these, like, cheesy couples, and it was just very weird dynamic to see. Um, And I was very insecure. I was a very quiet person um, in high school, and... Like, I would talk about relationships, like, with my with my parents. And they're like, trust me, when you're in college, like, people are going to have so many preferences and so many different expectations of what they want. And I think it was interesting to see, but also learn, like, I guess, how to stand up for myself um, as a woman and being Hispanic and, like, learning, you know, different ways to have connections, are you saying, and also find other people that have similar interests to you. And being able to understand, like, you're not alone, but also there's other people learning with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Syracuse does a really good job on, I guess, learning new, you know, techniques or having a starting conversation with, like, your sexuality, your, you know, gender, race, etc. Um, so I think that was another thing that helped me a lot to kind of, I guess, expand my knowledge and learn more from you know, other genders or races and stuff like that. And I really enjoy it and I continue to learn it. And um, it's been fun and like interesting to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My experience here as a woman has been pretty decent. I won't, I would say it'd probably be more confusing if, you know, I included my race in it as being a black woman, it'll be more complex, you know, but just as a woman, social work is a, you know, majority woman, like, role, so major. A lot of people, a lot of women in there. So it doesn't feel nothing, you know, I don't feel no type of animosity or just uncomfortable. It's, like, pretty. But also, it may not just be enough black women social workers. So for me, it's more just about, like, my race here, not necessarily my gender. That hasn't really affected me. So I would probably say, like, my race... Um, you know, and like my skin complexion has probably been like the hardest thing in college. Not the mm-hmm. hardest, but I am definitely acknowledging and learning a whole lot of new things and, you know, getting into discussion about those like touchy subjects, especially in the black community. So that's what more has been like a challenge for me, not necessarily my gender role. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I didn't notice. Um, and then I was black, so I didn't notice it either because I was at a yeah. black school. <laughs> so it was like, you know, win win, but kind of thinking about it from like a a familiar perspective, Mm -hmm. being a woman and kind of expecting like women take care of the family, right? So like you should be responsible for these things. So even if my family didn't necessarily say so, I still felt that sense of responsibility when I left home Mm -hmm. to make sure that my family was okay. Um, And then like thinking about just how to show up, you know, and to be a woman, what did that even mean? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I'm a Delta, right? I said this before, but I'm an alpha woman. (laughs) You know, so I, I recognize that. So I had to make it very clear. I just... I know that I I have a different way of thinking about the world and seeing it that's not traditional. Yeah. And so I like what I told my husband when I first met him, I'm not a homemaker. I'm just let you know this right now, brother. I'm not a homemaker. So just thinking about being able to be a powerful woman mm-hmm. 
and to be strong and to be outgoing, my college nurtured that, right? Um, I don't know that that would have been the same at another institution. So I'm fortunate that I went to a black school where, one, I didn't have to worry about race. So I could be Eve and love trap music and then talk about, you know, W.B. Du Bois. (laughs) So I I get the best of both worlds right now. And to be challenged in that, to be in honors college and then to go to a, you know, a Greek party somewhere and Mm -hmm. still just to just be. So excellence was inspired and it was nurtured. Um, And then there were a lot of powerful black women around me all the time. So I got to look at these women and they were models, you know, be it that they were a director or something, or if it was a professor or something, it was just, it was steady. So I never saw what I did in grad school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very few people, this is what I saw, very few people who looked like me in powerful places. So at that point, it started to become very clear to me that I was different, right? And that womanhood became a big thing and blackness became a big thing because and I also moved to the deep south. So <laughs> I did myself a deal with that one. But I mean, it wasn't horrible, I will say that. But I became very conscious after school that I was black and a woman. And blackness used to mean more to me than womanhood. And now I can't, I can't, you know, dissect the, the two because it's just no way. And then we hadn't even talked about social class, right? Yeah. And what that means. Because again, going to undergrad, so many of us were... We said, po, that's what we say, we broke. You know, <laughs> granted, that's, you know, low SES is what it's called. Um, and then going to grad school and like, how am I going to get books now? Or do I get groceries or books? Or do I get this apartment and pay rent? Or I'm going to take out this loan. I never took out loans to go to school, y'all. I took out loans to supplement my income, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my degrees are paid for. <laughs> you know, I had enough smarts to figure that part out. But when it came down to taking care of myself and I'm away, I had to depend on myself. And at one point, I was on food stamps. Because I'm like, whatever, I'll make it happen. Like, I've been on food tests before, so this is nothing new. But I just think that, you know, the gender thing, um, it didn't mean a whole lot, you know, in undergrad. Because, again, everybody was, we we out here. We're living our best life, yo. Mm -hmm. And then I went to grad school and was like, ooh, I am. Ooh, a little different, eh? Okay, cool. Um, No VPs, no no this, no that. Like, where are, where are the people like me doing the stuff that I would maybe want to aspire to do? But, uh, and it makes me think about a story. I was talking to one of my professors in grad school, um, a white male, probably a few years older than I was at the time, but he was a newly minted PhD. And I remember him asking me one day, well, what do you want to do with your life, right? What do you want to do? What, do you, what is all this for? And I was like, I I aspire to inspire. You know, I'm feeling good. About, I said, I want to be a motivational speaker one day. Y'all, this man laughed at me. Oh, So, he, <laughs> a motivational speaker, oh, look at me, look what I did. You can do it too. And I was taken aback. I was like, Really? And so I told my then boyfriend about it, who's not my husband, and he remembers that moment. And so I was like, yeah, you know, if I were a white male, would you have laughed at me? Or if I were a white woman, would you have done, like, I mean, I guess he kind of brushed it off, to be honest with you, because like, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, look at me now. (laughs) It's all good now, but it's, he didn't nurture that. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I was an undergrad, they nurtured it. And anything I said I want to do, well, let's find a way. Let's do it. Yeah. And now I'm in grad school being laughed at for having a dream like this degree is for me to understand this field and to be an expert in it so I can do something with this for the people who look like me, who are where I'm from. And he laughed at that. I'm laughing now. So, <laughs> so I mean, it is yeah. what it is. But environment does, you know, shape the experience. But now y'all have each other, yeah. right? Hopefully this this time together will allow you all to get to know each other more and be each other's support, you know, even without, you know, outside of your departments, um, because what you're doing is, is brilliant. Yeah. And when you said it myself, I was like, ooh, that girl bad, you know, ooh, wow. <laughs> but you have to press through, right? You have to press forward. Not that it's um, to put pressure on you, but 
if you don't exist and do what you do and blaze that trail, you know, how are the other women who want to do the thing that you're doing going to be able to find their way? So you are the example. And it will be hard, but that's why we're here, right? Because seven years ago, the First Gen Lounge, there was no podcast, you know? And then I had a thought, and now my show's in over 100 countries, right? But it's the idea that it's difficult. There's been no blueprint, but somebody has to do it. You have to do it, right? But, girl, you're going to be paid one day. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, no regrets about that. I, I think it's good. So, thank you for your vulnerability, and I hate you know, that y'all have had some of the experiences you've had, but let those things shape you mm-hmm. and make you better women and to be better women for other women of color, um, to open other doors and to extend that kindness and that thoughtfulness. So there'll be a freshman next year who's going to need you, right? Yeah. You can be that big sister because you can't worry about the people now. Don't worry about them. They fine. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but, you know, but help the ones you can help um, and continue to just like believe in yourselves, yeah. all of yourselves, because you're, you're Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Y'all realize where y'all at? You hadn't realized what yet. You just know that you're a Syracuse, like one of the best schools in the country. You didn't, you didn't pick that part of it, did you? I mean, it was a, it's a little surprise to me, actually. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't really plan on going here. Like, I got oh, really? to here last minute, so yeah. everything is, like, a blur. Yeah, yeah. same. So y'all are, like, same. y'all are the best of the best in the country. I need y'all to know that about yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just at an institution somewhere. You are at Syracuse. Yeah. And that's a pretty big deal. And to be women of color who are here from L.A. to New York, you mm-hmm. know, like, y'all got it. And... Mm-hmm. They told you when they said yes that you belong here and that you matter, your voice matters, your thoughts matter, your opinions matter, your futures matter, and they've invested in you to bring you here. So don't ever doubt that. So when y'all are facing those difficult professors or classmates, you have every right to be here like they do because Syracuse said yes. And they say a lot of no to people. I do know that, right? They say a whole lot of no. And so just don't forget that, you know, in the days ahead because— other people don't get you, but they're not supposed to because you are here for people who will get you and need you. Yeah. And they're going to see you and be like, all right, I'm good. So y'all got it. Mm-hmm. Y'all got it. Did you guys have any like last minute thoughts that you wanted to end on? Yeah. yeah. I have to get you that homecoming. I'm going to have to bring you down to North Carolina, show you a little stuff. <laughs> you should start that. I'm actually in from, well, I have family from Charleston, really? South Carolina. So, okay. Yeah. That's you cool. should, both you should like start something. Here. Start something here. Yeah. Black homecoming? Yeah. Actually, believe it, I am in BSU, but I have not been able really? to make any of the meetings because I always have work. Understood. Honestly, so. I think you should. They start a lot of events here. Like, they recently just started, like, a, a Mexican association. Yes, um, Kaylee. Yeah, yeah so I'm like, you No, um, BSU was just created um, earlier this year. Earlier? Yeah. What? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, I helped write the Constitution. Wow. Yeah. Oh, look at, you, look at you blazing up trails. Okay, yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Honestly, why not? Just don't try to make it um, yeah. HBCU. Just you know, do me that favor. I'm I'm not. It can be black, but just don't be trying to. Let me be HBCU. I'm not. Cause I'm know, a call. I know. I don't want to get that. You know. I think it's I don't mind good. getting canceled because <laughs> I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. But but a black homecoming. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, that would be dope. Yeah, because honestly, Greek life is so big here. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a it was lot. Just a, it's the probate. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad oh, thing on Greek life, but it's just they're mostly all white people. So it's like. Uh. Every event or every party is just on them. Hmm. So it's like, if you start this, like, I feel like it would That would more so, it's more so, you know, just the black diaspora as a whole is very, you know, diverse. So no one's to admit it, but it's very diverse. Mm -hmm. And until we actually can acknowledge that and, like, be aware of it, then, like, maybe it could be a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, there needs to be more events with, like, diversity in it, um, in my opinion. Well, from what 
have experienced or like what I've known. You don't see it created. You don't <laughs> yeah. see it started, but yeah. we have Mexican homecoming, have black homecoming, like I'll have all the homecomings. <laughs> and who gonna stop you? Or who gonna check you boo, really? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So yeah. have fun with it. And again, this is your institution. Mm-hmm. And y'all are paving the way. So it's a part of the legacy you wanna leave behind. And yeah, it may start with just 10 or 15 people, mm-hmm. but 15 years from now, be a whole block. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, I did that. So yeah. I mean, there's a poetry night um, during our homecoming that I started when I was an undergrad. And I'm like, y'all still doing that? Do y'all know where that came from? And I'm like, that was my choice. So like, I get excited about it, but it's like, it was just a room of us at one point, you know, just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then you look on the schedule and it's like, y'all are still doing this. And I ain't gonna tell you how long it's been. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> but I say, it just feels epic. But this is beautiful. I thank y'all, you know, for this. And thank you for having me here and for the time to share thank this you. space. Thank you. Thank it's you. been great. I love this. I know I can talk to y'all forever, but I know yeah. we'll talk again this this evening. But um, just keep going, y'all. Just keep going. Like, no, nobody's stopping you but you and nothing getting your way but you. And even stuff that tries to get in your way, you can get around it. Yeah. <laughs> I was on three planes today. I got around it, right? So, And I'm here, baby. I'm here. And you stretch pants yeah. and all. I was like, I don't want to go on campus like that. But I was like, you know what? It's cool. Because as long as I'm dressed for the event, I'm fine. And so, you know, so, but it's like, I could have... Oh, I'm not going to make it. Like, you know, yeah. that would have been crazy, crazy. I'm, not about to yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm here and I'm glad that I've gotten to know y'all. So, hope we get to stay in touch. Y'all, my new besties now. Yeah. Ow. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so Thank you. much. This podcast is brought to you by HOP and SSS's The Census Project. The Census Project encourages self exploration and community building through podcasting, music, and beat making. You can find out more about the Census Project at SyracuseCensus.com. Through nuanced discussion and dialogue across differences, the Census Project seeks to create a more inclusive community, one podcast at a time. This is Craig Tucker, and we thank you for listening.